Y'all hear me on the mic okay? All right. All right. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for your anointing. Lord, I ask that you would move by the Spirit of God. Father, that you would speak to our hearts this morning. And Lord, that you would open up your word to us and father that you would help us to know what it is that you want us to know that you would help us to see what it is that you want us to see and father that you lord would help us to apply to our lives that we would work with you lord knowing that lord we are your craftsmanship but lord help us to work with you lord to yield to you father Lord, to yield to you, to allow you to do what it is that you want to do in our lives. Father, we thank you for your word. And Father, we know, Lord, that you are worthy of all glory, honor, and praise. And so, Lord, we just want to be the type of people, Lord, that in our speaking, in our dealing with others, in our dealing with our spouses, with our children, with our neighbors, with those that we don't even know, Father, that whatever we do, whatever we say, that we will be mindful to bring glory and honor unto you. Because, Lord, this is why we were created. You said in your word and revelations that we were created, Lord, for your pleasure, for your glory, and for your honor, were all things created. And, Lord, we fall under that heading of all Things. And so, Father, we ask that you would get glory out of our lives this morning and for always, every day, Lord, that we would just be God conscious in everything that we do and that we say. Father, we thank you right now in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. We're not going to be long this morning. If you would turn with me to the book of Revelations. And also we're going to go to the book of Ephesians and the book of of Genesis. I'll tell you where it is. Uh, Revelations chapter 13. Revelations chapter 13. And we're going to read verse 8. Revelations 13 is where we want to begin. Uh, and verse number 8. You got it? Revelations 13, 8 says, and all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him 
whose names are not written in the book of life of the lamb, which was what? Slain from the foundation of the world. The lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. Now go with me a couple of pages over to the book of Ephesians chapter 1. Amen. We're going to work backwards today. Hallelujah. Ephesians. Working backwards in our Bible, but not backwards in our sermon. Ephesians chapter 1, beginning with verse number 3. Ephesians is a book which was written, or a letter actually, which was written by the Apostle Paul to the church at Ephesus. Uh, chapter 1, verse 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Who had blessed us with what? All spiritual blessings. With all spiritual blessings where? In heavenly places in Christ. In heavenly places in Christ, according as he hath chosen us when? In him before the foundation of the world. Chosen us when? In him before the foundation of the world. In him the foundation of the world that we should be what? Holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us unto the what? Adoption the adoption of children by who? Jesus by Jesus Christ. By who? Jesus by Jesus Christ to what? Himself. To himself. According to the good pleasure of what? His of his will. To the praise of what? The praise of the glory of his grace. his grace. Hallelujah. Wherein he hath made us accepted where? In the beloved. Accepted where? In the beloved. Who is the beloved? Jesus. Jesus. He said, my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. He said in verse 7, in whom we have redemption, which means to buy back through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. According to the riches of what? Your striving, your being good enough, or what? His grace. His grace. Wherein he hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the what? Mystery. The mystery of his will. According to what? His good, his good pleasure, which he hath purposed where? In himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together what? All things where? In Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in where? In whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of what? Of him. Who worketh all things, what? After the, After the counsel of his own will, that we should be to the what? Praise of his glory. Who is he talking about? We. Christian, we. We, the church, through the praise of his glory, who first trusted in Christ, in whom ye also trusted after that ye heard the word of truth, 
the gospel of your salvation, in whom also uh, that ye believed, ye were what? Sealed. Sealed with that what? Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our what? Inheritance, Inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession. Unto the praise of what? Of his glory. Now go with me to Genesis. This is our last scripture. Genesis chapter 3. This is actually our text verse. Genesis chapter 3. Verse 14 and 15. This is a narrative. Genesis is a narrative which was written by Moses. Moses was not there, but how many know that you don't have to be there for God to tell you what happened, even though you weren't there. Y'all get that on your way home. Genesis chapter 3, verse 14 says, And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle and above every beast of the field, Upon thy belly shalt thou go, and dust shalt thou eat for how long? All the, days of thy All the days of thy life. And he says what in verse 15? He says, and I will put enmity or hatred between thee and the woman and between thy seed and what? Her seed. It shall bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel. Did you hear what I said? His heel. The title of the message is the gospel in the book of Genesis. The gospel in the book of Genesis. How many know that God had a plan for man and woman from the very beginning? Isn't that right? The first gospel of the Bible in all actuality is not the book of Matthew. Did you hear what I said? The first gospel of the Bible in all actuality is not the book of Matthew, but it is the C4 or the book which first preaches the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ or Yeshua Hamashiach is the book that bears the name Genesis or beginning or the Hebrew name for Genesis or beginning is Bereshis or at the first, or at the head is what Bereshit really mean at the beginning to really understand what now is and what shall be, we must assume the posture and position to know who or what was and arrive at the original intention, we must revisit what is known as the beginning. How many know that if you want to know how a thing got to the place that it has gotten to or 
the original design of a thing, you have to go back to the what? The beginning of that thing. This literary narrative called Genesis or Bereshit, the Bible is a literary work. Amen. It is a literary work all about a creator whose fellowship with his creature was broken through no fault of his own. Did you hear what I said? The Bible bears sheath and the whole Bible is about a creator whose fellowship with his creature, that thing that he had created or the one that he had created that Fellowship was broken through no fault of the creator, but solely the disobedience of the creature. Did you hear what I said? But it must be noted that no creator does not create without or does not create without intent, design and purpose. Did you hear what I said? No creator does not create without intent, design and and purpose. The creator brought to fruition a plan of a redeemer which was waiting to be revealed that the fellowship may be restored between him and his creator, creation. The Bible is about buying back. Did you hear what I said? Y'all stay with me. The, the Bible is about buying back. Did you hear what I said? Redemption. Didn't we just read in the book of Ephesians about redemption, redemption, buying back uh, restoration, reconciliation, and all those things fall under the same heading. Redeeming and putting a lost thing back in its place and fixing what has been broken. Now, today, man is trying to fix his situation in this present world. He's trying to fix the race problem. He's trying to fix the political situation and, and the economic situation. And he's trying to fix the crime situation. But you have to go back to the one who said in the beginning, God. Because if you get away from him, then you get away from intent. You get away from purpose and you get away from design. And you will never a person will never find themselves until they find themselves in God. Did you hear what I said? We can read all the self-help books we want to read. We can go to all the seminars that we want to go to. We can look at all the different programs and read the different books. But until we find ourselves in him, Lord, what is your design for me? What is your purpose for me? What is your intent that I was here on the face of this earth? And me inhaling and exhaling is proof that you had an intent that you had for my life. Hallelujah. Concerning this theological homiletical address in all fairness to the hearer, I feel it my duty to not just make fanciful assertions, but to first define what it is that I am talking about. For in this great book that some of us hold in our hand today, others on cell phones or iPads, but whatever the case, from the very outset of the book, God begins by helping us to define a little bit about himself. He is the great prerequisite in the beginning. God, how did he get there? He was there because he was there. <laughs> Hallelujah. Science can't explain how God 
got there, but he wanted us to know before anything else was, he was. And so everything that came after that came out of the one that always was. You see what I'm saying? So how can my life uh, go forward if I forget about the one that always was that brought everything into existence? Huh? How can any church go forward or how can any church be fruitful and multiply or any person be fruitful and multiply when he forgets about the one who everything came out of his life? The Bible said that in Jesus was life. Huh? We can't forget about him because before we do anything else, we need to remember God. He said, don't lean on your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge him. And then he will direct your path before you go forward. And in the area of your life, you have to consult with him and find out, Lord, what is your plan for me? And what is your plan for my life and for my family and for my children and for my husband and for my wife? Did you hear what I said? Only he holds the answer. Only God holds the answer because he is the creator we are the created and he is the great prerequisite so before my life can have any kind of true substance and meaning and before my life can really be uh, 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 influential before I can do anything else I've, I've got to remember that he is the great prerequisite I have to acknowledge him huh too many people trying to live life and they don't want to acknowledge God We have to acknowledge him because before anything else was, he was. Now, if we don't acknowledge him, what did the Bible say? That in the beginning, God created, God said, God spoke, and then the sun, the moon, the stars, and all these things came into being. But before God began to act, what happened? There was darkness, and there was emptiness, and there was chaos. Huh? Apart from God, we will have no full meaning of anything. Isn't that right? Hallelujah. He is the great prerequisite. The online dictionary says that a prerequisite is a thing that is required as a prior condition for something else to happen or exist. Hallelujah. Did you hear what that said? I think that's pretty good. He said uh, a prerequisite is a thing that is required as a prior condition for something else to happen or exist. But I, 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 don't, I like that definition, but I don't like it that much because he said a thing. God is not a thing. God is a person. He is a he. He is a, he is a being. The Bible said, Jesus told a woman, he said, look, you, you talk about worshiping God over here, God over there, and this kind of thing. He said, God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Did you hear what I said? Now, the thing is, is that we're here at church this morning, but it's not about being here in this building. But it's about making the connection with the one who made the building. Did you, did you hear what I said? Huh? It's, it's not about uh, uh, being in a, a, a nice big edifice and all that kind of thing. But it's about connecting with the one who fills the house. Did you hear what I said? Because he is the great prerequisite. Since God is not a thing, but he is the first person of the Godhead. They have the Father, the Son, and what? The Holy Ghost. But he's the first person of the Godhead. I personally would rather that the definition be read this way. He is the great prerequisite that being someone who is required. He is someone who is required as a prior condition for something or someone else. To happen or exist. 
Did you hear what I said? Now, as far as the terms Genesis or Beshis, what do these words mean? Genesis means beginning. Beshis means beginning. The word Genesis is the English and Beshis is the Hebrew. For the definition of the term gospel, the online dictionary says that the gospel is the teaching or revelation of Jesus Christ. Did you hear what I said? The, Bible, the online dictionary says that the gospel is the teaching or the revelation of Jesus Christ. The term gospel in the Greek is a noun, is euangelion, that the Strong's Concordance says the term means a good message. God was trying to give us a good message in Genesis chapter 3, verse 14 and 15. He was trying to give us a good message because he said that you will bruise his heel and he will crush your head. He doesn't say Jesus right there, but if you read into your Bible and you begin to understand what he's talking about, he's talking about Jesus. The term gospel is the Greek noun, euangelion, that the Strong's Concordance says means a good message. The verb from the, from the, from the, from the word euangelion is euangelizo. It means to bring or announce good news. Both words are derived from the Greek noun euangelios and means one who brings or one who brought a message of victory or other political or personal news that caused joy. You know, when you read your Bible, it ought to cause all of us to have some joy. When you really understand the plan that God is working out when he made man and woman in the garden and then the serpent came into the garden. Let me tell you something, whenever God is doing something, whenever God is putting something together in a church, in a family, in a business, in a home, wherever it may be, it won't be that long before the devil tries to undermine everything that is going on. Did you hear what I said? The devil's going to try to talk to somebody to get that thing sidetracked. Whether it be in your own life, the devil will try to talk to you. God has a plan, that, he, that he's a course that he set you on in your life. But if you listen to the devil and if you begin to ponder and meditate on what he's saying, if you don't stand on the word of God, you will be sidetracked. Huh? Because the Satan began to talk to the woman in the garden. But then in the Gospels, it said that, hold up, man failed. But then so God had to create a, get another man. And, and, and he stood out there and the devil brought him up to a temple, began to show him things and said, if you bow down and worship me, I'll give you all of this. If you cast yourself down, I'll give you all of this. But then Jesus said, it is written. So therefore, in this message today, what I hope to develop is the good news of God, of his victory, as it is first seen in the book of Genesis, a victory of which should bring us all great joy. Now, Romans 1, 16, and we're not going to be very much longer. I'll hold you only for 30 minutes, and wherever we finish, that's where we finish. Amen. Till next time. In, in Romans chapter 1, 16, the Bible says, Paul says, For I am not ashamed of the good news of the gospel. Isn't that right? We said that gospel means good news. How many of us today need some good news? But Paul said that I am not ashamed of the gospel. He says, for it is God's power, which means uh, God's power or means of bringing salvation to everyone who keeps on trusting to the Jew, especially, but equally to the Gentile. You see, that's what the gospel is all about. It's about a, a hopeless creature. That fell away from his creator. 
Because he began to listen to the serpent. He began to listen to the devil. His wife began to, to, to entertain the devil. The church is not supposed to entertain the devil. Huh? I don't care how he comes in here. If he comes in here with some music that they think might just be, you know, the, the kind of music that we need to get things going and all this kind of stuff. But if the devil is the author of it, we don't need it in the house. Huh? If there is a production that's put on a play or whatever it is, a skit or whatever it is. But if it came from the devil, if it does not fall in line with what God has said. But it falls in line with the devil trying to usurp and trying to undermine, then we don't need it. Because God is not trying to build numbers. Did you hear what I said? God is not trying to build numbers in the church. He's trying to build children. Huh? God told Adam and Eve, he said, be fruitful and multiply. Isn't that right? So what does God expect for the church to do? I'm going to speed up, fast forward a little bit. The Bible said that the church is the bride of Christ. Isn't that right? You and I are the bride of Christ. We are married to Jesus. And so one of the things that God really impressed upon Adam and Eve, he said, be fruitful and multiply. That's what husbands and wives do. God said his heritage is the children. So if we are the bride of Christ and we are, yes, we are the bride of Christ. But I say if we are the bride of Christ and he is our husband and we're intimate with him, don't you think there ought to be some conceptions going on? You see, a lot of times the church today has gotten into a mode of trying to build numbers, gotten into a mode of trying to build members, trying to get members into the church. But God had never said to go and make numbers. Huh? He never said go and make numbers. He told his disciples, he said, go and make some more like you. <laughs> Isn't that right? Because God wants a family. God is about relationship. God is about family. That's why he said be fruitful and multiply. The Bible said that through Jesus Christ, God has brought many sons to glory. You understand what I'm saying? God is looking for a family. He is the father. We are his children. Our relationship is contingent upon certain facts. And those are the facts that he's the father and we are the children. And so that means that we are to carry out his will. But a wife, a good wife, will never allow herself to be drawn away into the company of someone else that will take her away from the one that she's married to. Did you hear what I said? I said a good wife. There are some wives that can be bought. Huh? There are some wives that can be influenced if it looks good enough to them. Eve was like that. God had put something together. He said that I'm going to make you a helpmeet. Right? God told Adam, I'm going to make you a helpmeet because it's not good for you to be alone. 
He did not say it's not good for you to be lonely. He said it's not good for you to be alone because what I'm trying to do in the earth, you need somebody else. You need a partner. You need somebody that's suitable for you. And so what did God do with Jesus? God had a plan. And so God said, look, I'm going to give you a bride. How about that? Huh? Where was Jesus stuck at when he was on the cross? Where was he pierced at by those Roman soldiers? In his side. And what ran out of his side was blood and water. Huh? That means that Jesus is the word, but he's also human. Isn't that right? He's God, but he's also man. And so what did God do in the beginning in the garden? Where did God make Eve from? Huh? Adam's side, which was a symbolic picture. Paul said it's a mystery. He said, what I speak to you, I speak as a mystery because I speak about Christ and the church. He said that a wife is now bone of her husband's bone and flesh of her husband's flesh. Isn't that right? And so the Bible says that this is a mystery, but you are also bone of his bone, talking about Jesus, and flesh of his flesh. And so what does that mean? That means that if he has a mission to go and do something, I'm supposed to support him in that mission because I am the bride of Christ. Isn't that right? You're the bride of Christ. We're all the bride of Christ. It's not about nobody else's agenda or it's not about no other kind of thing, that new thing or whatever coming on the scene and all that kind of stuff. It's an old mission. It's been from the very, God had this plan from the very beginning of the world. God doesn't wait until man mess up and then say, uh-oh, I think I need to fix this. How do I fix it? Isn't that right? What did we read? He said, from the foundation, the lamb has been slain from the foundation of the world. The found, Adam didn't sin at the foundation of the world. Adam sinned, or uh, Eve sinned, and all of those two people sinned, what? After the world had already come into existence, after they were already in the garden. The Bible doesn't tell us how long they were in the garden. But God doesn't wait for man to mess up. God, let me tell you something, boy, let me tell you. God sits in eternity. God, he's not, he's not bound by time. The Bible said that before God, before anything was, God was, right? So that means that God could sit back and he could look at then. He could look at the future and he could look at the present all in one. He has, he has a, a panoramic view of everything. Nothing surprises God. Nothing takes God by surprise. And so when, when, when Adam and Eve had did what they did in the garden, God already had a plan. But the, you see, you can't miss the picture. Adam is a, is a, is a symbolic type of Christ. Because the Bible says, now I, let me tell you, I said in the beginning, I don't want to make no assertions that I can't back up with the word. Nor should any minister in any church make any assertion, assertion that they can't back up with the word. The Bible lets us know that Jesus huh, was the second Adam. Adam was the first Adam. So symbolically, they're one and the same. Isn't that right? As far as picture, as far as symbolism, they're one and the same. And so the Bible says that, look, God told Adam, he said, I'm going to make you a bride. So Eve was his bride. Eve name means in the Hebrew life. That's what Eve name because she is the mother of all the living. Right. The church is a type of Eve because it is the body of Christ. So what was Eve supposed to do? She was supposed to give life. What is the church supposed to do? 
It's supposed to facilitate in a person getting life, getting hooked up with Jesus. It's not about you getting your name on the road, but it's about getting into relationship again with God, with the one who gave the life. Did you see what I'm saying? You can get ready, uh, brother musician. Hallelujah. It's about getting back into alignment with the original plan. The original plan was not to make denominations, but to make a family. That's what God wanted. Isn't that right? And I'm so happy today that I'm a part of his family. Are you happy that you are a part of his family? But the Bible says in Genesis chapter 3, the Bible told the serpent, he said, I, God said, I will put enmity between you and the woman. And so let me ask you a question. Does a woman have seed? Huh? No. No, a woman does not have seed. A woman bears children, but she does not have seed. A man has seed. And so what, so what, what was, what's the symbolism? What is the symbolism? Because the woman represents the church. And so the, the Bible said, God said, that, that you are born again by incorruptible seed. And so what was God saying? God said, I'm going to give birth to many children through the church. Isn't that right? But the church has not been what she should be. The church has been compromising on many fronts with the world. The church has been compromising on many fronts with the devil, listening to the devil. That's what always trips up the church. It's tripped up the church from the very beginning in the book of Genesis, listening to the serpent. The thing that trips up the church today is listening to the serpent. But let me tell you something. The Bible says that God is going to give Adam a help. I'm going to give you somebody that's going to help to support you. You don't have to do this thing by yourself because it's not good that you should be alone. And so God is telling Jesus, I'm going to give you a church. Let me tell you something. Some may compromise, but they're not really the church. Some may backslide, but they're not really the church because the Bible says in the last days that many shall fall away from the faith. Paul, let me tell you something. In, in China, he said, if they had been among, if they had been of us, they would have remained with us. Time will tell who's who. Isn't that right? Trouble will tell who's who. Persecution will tell who's who. A lot of people in the, in, in the church today, they get in the word, but then the Bible says they fall away because of persecution, because things get too hard and all that kind of stuff. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But God wants us to know that we are his bride. So what does that mean? That means that a bride, when she's getting ready for her husband, she gets herself all prepared, right? Huh? A bride gets herself ready. She's not going to just present herself to her husband in any kind of way. But the Bible said that Jesus is coming back for a bride without spot or without wrinkle or without any such thing. Isn't that right? That's right, Reverend Lewis. He's coming back for a church without spot, without wrinkle. Or without any such thing, any blemish, none of that. He's not coming back for a people that's compromising. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. As far as we'll go with our message today, if you have a need in your life, if you want God to touch you, I'd just like to extend not church membership, but a relationship with God. If you need prayer in your relationship, with God. Don't listen to the devil. 
The devil will tell you all kind of things about God that's not true. He don't mind talking to you about God. The serpent told, her, told Eve, and did God really say? The Lord knows that in the day that you eat, you'll be like him. Huh? Knowing good and evil. God's trying to hold back something from God never tried to hold back anything from none of us. All he asked us to do is to walk in his word, to obey him. All it would have took for Adam and Eve to remain in the garden is simple obedience. All it takes for us to remain where God has put us is obedience. That's it. Obedience. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for your word today. Thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit. We thank you, Lord. Father, that you have included us in your family. That you have included us to be the bride of your son. Lord, I thank you right now that you have called each one of us. Lord, and it's not about us being good enough in ourselves because you said, Lord, that we are accepted in the beloved. Lord, we're accepted because of his blood, because of his righteousness. Lord, the robe that the church wears, Lord, is a white robe because of the blood of Jesus. Father, I just thank you right now, Lord. Lord, I pray, Father, that you would call in those that are supposed to be here, Lord. From the north, from the south, from the east, and from the west. Lord, I pray that each time that we come here, Father, that we would have a divine encounter with you. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus. Lord, that every time, Lord, that your word goes forward, that, Father, that it would bear fruit. Father, I pray that you would stir up those that's in the pew, Lord. Lord, I know that you place gifts within them. You have placed gifts within Yolanda, Danielle, David. Lord, I know you put gifts within them. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that they will be fruitful and multiply. Lord, that they won't bury those gifts in, in the earth within themselves. But, Father, that they would know, Lord, that you desire to use them in your kingdom. And, Lord, many times our own situations will be taken care of. Our own situations will be dealt with. If we just allow ourselves to get involved in somebody else's life. To get involved in somebody else's situation. To get involved in somebody else's problem, Lord. Our own situation will be taken care of because you said in your word, Lord, that those that refresh others will themselves be refreshed. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord. Father, continue, Lord, to groom us. And to continue, Lord, to fashion us, to mold us, and to make us. So that, Lord, that we might be ready to bear children. That we might be ready to conceive and to give birth. Because Lord, 
You never planned for us to be married to Jesus and never give birth to nothing. You never planned for us to be married to Jesus and not conceive and not bring forth spiritual children. Lord, that look just like you. Father, I ask that you would move in this place, move in our lives. Lord, keep us connected to you. Lord, we don't want a divorce. We don't want an annulment. We don't want a separation. But Lord, we want to live with you, not only in this world, but in the world to come. Father, I thank you right now. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah.